This week, as part of a faithful response to the actions in Washington, D.C. on Epiphany, three ruling elders provide their testimony of what they saw and felt that day. These testimonies were shared as part of worship on Sunday, January 10th. We invite you to listen as Jessica Joshi, Betsy Hood, and Lee Taylor White share their experiences. I wonder what it was like to gather at Calvary, to stand in the crowd watching Jesus carry the wooden cross in his arms, shouting crucify him, watching Jesus's body battered and broken, hanging limp on the cross, following a leader who turned to violence when he felt his power slipping away. I wonder what it was like to gather at the Capitol, to stand in the mob, watching rioters carry a Bible in one hand and a noose in the other, shouting, make America great, watching a building battered and broken, shots fired in the house chamber, following a leader who turned to violence when he felt his power slipping away. On Epiphany, I saw a day of revelation fall to a day of blindness, as I heard the story of a crowd following a false and fearful prophet. It left me angry, afraid, disgusted as I witnessed power perverted, democracy disgraced, the Capitol crucified. The calendar marked Epiphany, but I found myself at Good Friday instead. Jesus Christ was killed because he threatened the way things were. He promised justice and mercy, a new kingdom that would overthrow the flawed system structured to keep the powerful in control and keep the other down. Pilate was driven by vengeance, by ignorance, by the fear that true equity means lessening the power of the emperor's regime. In her poem, The Summer Day, Mary Oliver writes, I don't exactly know what a prayer is. I will admit the same. As a child of God for such a time as this, I don't exactly know what a prayer is. I don't know what is ahead or what is the right thing to do. But I do know that there's another chapter after Jesus is sealed in the tomb. I do feel the lump in my throat, a burn in my chest that reminds me that there is a kingdom of heaven beyond any human system of government that we build, that we are an Easter people indeed. On January 6th, I was working in my home office when a coworker alerted me about a commotion happening in the Capitol. I rushed downstairs to turn on my TV and was stunned and horrified by what I saw. You see, this attack felt personal. In my previous life, I had the honor and privilege of working in the U.S. Capitol. Yes, in that very building. Every day I walked through the Hall of Statues and the old house chamber to get to the British Stairs, so named because they bore the marks of the invading British soldiers from 1812. Those stairs led to our offices just above the rotunda and its windows overlooked the National Mall. We often had to escort lost tourists back down to the rotunda when they meandered up our way. I never failed to have a sense of awe and humility as I walked through that glorious building, 
whose floors are worn down by the thousands of Americans who have traversed the halls, either to pursue the nation's business or to witness that business. Members of Congress pass through constantly, mingling with the citizenry that they represent. I was walking through the Senate side one day when the Secret Service told me to step aside as former President Jimmy Carter passed by. The U.S. Capitol is, to me, a sacred place worthy of reverence. And yes, it has been and remains the people's house. I hope you can understand why the desecration of the Capitol was personal to me. Disrespectful doesn't even begin to describe it. Imagine how it would feel to watch an angry mob break into the sanctuary at Ottawa and stand on the communion table and smash the windows. I felt aghast, furious, and profoundly sad. How do we get here? Where would we go from here? Could we find our way back? Back to what? Clearly, back was not working. I also felt deeply and resolutely that our democracy was not in jeopardy and that it would withstand this attack. The contrast of this invasion against the day of Epiphany, Christ revealed to the world, is startling. A wise friend reminded me that this is a both and situation. If I profess to be a child of God, I commit to calling out injustice to God's people and to seek to understand what's behind the injustice because understanding and condoning are not the same. As an ordained elder, I took an oath to seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love my neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world. It means calling out falsehoods, misinformation, and bad behavior, while delving deeper into the causes of those actions. It's both and. I often pray the prayer of St. Francis. To me, it is a timeless and timely prayer, so appropriate for the living of these both and days. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. January 6, 2021 was a day of stark contrast. In the morning, there were images of king cakes and other celebrations of the Epiphany, expressions of hope and joy in the election of the first African-American senator in the state of Georgia. But the lightness of the morning did not last. As Congress met to certify the Electoral College vote, I watched in horror as rioters attacked and overran an insufficient security force in the U.S. Capitol. The violent mob broke doors and glass, scaled walls and climbed scaffolding. The mob carried scores of flags bearing the name of one politician, American flags, and even flags bearing the name of Jesus. When I saw the first images of rioters in the rotunda, I could hardly believe my eyes. And when I saw a man parading a Confederate flag through the Capitol, I cried. More tears came when I saw the security officers with guns drawn at the barricaded doors to the House chamber. And later when I saw images of members of Congress hiding in the gallery, lying flat on the ground, wedged between the seats and the wall.
As this all continued to unfold, our children came home from school, our youngest bearing the crown that he had made that day. It was a disorienting day. It was somehow possible to be both not entirely surprised and yet utterly shocked. As I tried to explain the events to my children, I realized I was also trying to explain them to myself. How do we make sense of this and where do we go from here? As an American, I see the violence as a reminder of the worst parts of our past. As a child of God, I'm called to say, do not look away. This may be a part of who we are, but it is not who we strive to be. I believe God calls us to have courage to face this, to hold people to account and to ask tough questions. We must have faith that God will guide us through this with love. And of all the things I saw that day, the images that I felt the most were reflections of Christ in the midst of darkness, people rushing to protect one another, a colleague holding another's hand for comfort, and members of Congress having the strength to continue on in their work after such trauma. These acts of love and strength are from God.